generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Find help. Sometimes I scare myself, myself. Shit could get menacing, frightening. Find help. Sometimes I scare myself, myself. Tweaking, tweaking off that 2CB, huh? Is he gonna make it TBD, huh? Welcome in. You are listening to another episode of Money Mail. It is the week 172. We are really churning through the weeks now. And this week is going to be a very special week because on Thursday, we're going to rip through the webinar that we spoke about on the last Money Mail, Money Mail 171. And it's going to be called, well, it is called, Two ticks you. Now, there are, I'm just looking at the slides, 87 slides at this stage. There's going to be a bit to get through. I've allowed for a good couple of hours. When I upload the replay, I may put that into, no, I'll just do it into one. I was going to say I might break it into two parts. But I believe that there is something in here for everybody. Now, obviously, a lot of people are being distracted by the politicians and the election and stuff like that at the moment and we're looking at these uh, announcements and thinking what's in this for me as we do when the budget comes out at different times and I honestly think that for a lot of people there won't be too much and I think at times we need to remind ourselves how powerful we are and that we can achieve things for ourselves without having to wait for elections and for laws to change and things like that as well. So in this webinar we're going to go through some of those things a number, well, 95% of them are financial, uh, but we're also going to do 5% mindset because I believe that is just as important. Often, wins can be sitting in front of people, but unless they have the skill set to understand how to do the doing, they won't. And I really need you, if you come to this, to take some form of action, and you'll see why at the end of this webinar, but I'm looking forward to hosting you on Thursday night at 7 p.m. There are over a thousand people signed up, 1,023. I think we'll get, well, a lot of people will sign up, but probably won't actually come along, but that's fine. They can get a replay, but if you do, please commit to this. There is something in there for everybody. Now I sound like a politician, but I've literally broken down what the politicians are telling you they're going to give you. Uh, and then things that we can already be doing that don't rely on an election and do not rely on a law change for them to come in. And I would be pretty confident to say that in this webinar, I think that I can find you more money than what these politicians are each week that you don't even know uh, exists at the moment. So it's going to be very thought-provoking. 
and I can't wait to rip into it. Now, last week, you got to hear my story about making $50,000 in July, and obviously a lot of hard work and effort went into getting those opportunities. This week, we're changing it up a bit, and we're looking at some easy money, you know, that shit that's just coming in, and we're not having to do too much about it. The mythical passive income, and before... I jumped on the mic today, I asked people, because someone actually asked on the Instagram account, they said it would be cool to see some people's examples of what these are. Now I think as well, I'll touch on this in the email and I do in Money Mail, but I saw a stat this week that 65% of Kiwis, but they they, they uh, survey a thousand people, okay, but anyway that is apparently enough to get an accurate reflection, but 65% of people are struggling to save money at the moment. So Consumer NZ said this week in its latest quarterly sentiment tracker survey found that 65% of Kiwis save less than 5% of their income or nothing at all. Now that's actually, when you start thinking about that, you're like, okay, well, is paying my mortgage down, paying the principal piece, is that saving? You probably would argue that it is. So I don't know what is explained to people before they answer this question? Someone even said, what about saving for my KiwiSaver uh, via KiwiSaver? You know, would that, would that be counted? So I think that, you know, let's take that number with a grain of salt. But a year ago, it was 55. So it's an increase that is rather large to go from 55 to 65%. Now, I know for a lot of you, you know, you've been dialing into this content for quite some time now. Mikey and I, myself different guests they've been showing you different things you can be doing and the knowledge is there it's just then when will you take the action so I feel comfortable that a number of you will actually be in that 35 percent but there's always something else we can be doing but there's also seasons of our life where things aren't possible now I think you know if you're going to see other people talking about making passive income for instance don't you know let that put you off just because you're not being able to do that right now and so you feel like well, what's the point and this sucks you know why are we talking about this when only 35% of people say that they can save more than 5% of their income probably not a good time for me to be posting about saving 40% of my income actually might just do that anyway I might get pull, pull that old video and uh, repost it but you know that would be very confronting for people like how like how is that even possible but remember that everybody's in different seasons and there were years for me where I couldn't save any money uh, and it just wasn't possible because I was trying to rebuild the next chapter of my life. There were periods and seasons where I was solely focused on clearing debt and getting through those so then you can unlock new chapters. But don't dismiss cool shit that other people are doing just because your season or timing or environment may not allow for that yet because you don't know when you'll need those lessons or when you'll be able to think about doing some of those things. And if you can, much like I would always try and do, I would try and be inspired by what other people were doing. Obviously, there would be FOMO around, you know, if only I had some money to be investing in that or I could be doing that and things like that. But if you're not in that season, you've got to focus on your goal or whatever your main goal is at that time. And I'd imagine for a lot of people as well, they're probably not saving at the moment if they've got mortgages. They're probably just trying to pay down their debt to decrease the amount of interest that they have to pay to use the reverse of compounding effectively um, where they're decreasing the length of their loan by increasing their repayments if they can. But 
you know, it's tough at the moment because the cost of living is so high. Now, this week as well, uh, I saw students or potential, yeah, students and potential students being interviewed and asked, you know, what are the main things you're concerned about at the moment? And every single one of them mentioned the cost of living. And it was, I think, out of just about every one of them, it was the first thing that they mentioned as being top of their priority list. And I saw open day, I think, for university here in Auckland this weekend, heaps of people there with their parents. And I can't help but drive past those kids and think, wow, I wonder what are they going to study and what are those degrees going to be worth in three or four years' time? It was four years for me to get through uni, so my brain defaults into thinking four years, but really it's probably three years for these people. But just with the introduction of AI and I think people are realising now too, I think there's been quite a noticeable shift post-pandemic because people have realised, oh, you can do a lot of shit online. I think there's some understanding that the education space has been completely disrupted because you can access education online and you can learn so much stuff online and go and have or build something that you want. So I just, uh, yeah, I, I hope for those those kids, uh, if we call them kids, that they don't end up in a world where they've got massive debt for their student loans and then they're not really interested in that. But I'm sure that's that's just part of life for a lot of people. They choose that path, they have to scratch that itch and then they get going into something else and didn't really need their degree. It is what it is, but it's just such a fascinating world we live in now. And I was speaking to some people during the week. They've got... Uh, child who is 15 and would make an amount of money each year that you would say can't be true, would probably have more saved than a lot of Kiwis and understands business already at 15, buying and selling, finding things that are in demand, finding them cheaper, selling them, understand status, brand, buying fake products, um, putting a margin on them, selling them but not selling them as that they're the real thing, clearly advertising that they're fake, but knowing that people won't do the work to go and find these things, but they look like the real thing, and so people want them because of status and things like that. So very, very in-tune person. And I said to the parents, do you think they'll go to university? And they're really not too phased, which I think is pretty cool because it would probably be unnecessary for this person to go to uni especially if it was going to be a business degree for instance um, if they just stay on that entrepreneurial path they've already got runs on the board to prove that they could probably go a long way but that's going to be for them to figure out their journey that child of basically what it is that they want to do but yeah really cool to hear some stories as well about um, schools that now have market days and things like that around selling different things uh, by the sounds of it, a lot of people sell food and whatnot because it's probably like an easy idea to come up with. Um, but, you know, those uh, those businesses can be very tough anyway. But now we've got more conversation too about financial literacy in schools. So we've, I feel like we're in this time where people are like, mm, the world is, is very different now. And I think it is uh, going to keep going at a million miles an hour away from sort of conventional ways of living and things like that. But anyway, before we get too distracted, I asked the Instagram audience, what are some of your examples of passive income if you 
are getting it because, shit, I wonder if I can find the, oh, it might be gone, damn it. I thought, I did a, I did a poll and I think it was about 40% of people said that they had passive income and 60% said no way. Now, someone then asked me, well, I would love to know what is this passive income that you speak of? Yeah, for, 42% said that they've got passive income uh, and uh, 58% said they wish. Now, only about 200, 400, 470 people voted in this. Usually when I do a poll, about 1,000 people do. So it's interesting that it got seen by a lot of people, but a lot of people weren't willing to vote. But anyway, uh, basically this tells us that 40% of people say said that they had some form of passive income. Now the people tell me that these are dividends, uh, borders, a rental property, share dividends, interest on savings, uh, 10% of shares in a local successful business, so I get a monthly dividend from that, high interest for my emergency fund, uh, dividends plus staking crypto, tiny dividend payments, freehold house paid off by the tenants and now the rent goes into our pockets, sharesies, uh, tropical fruit plants, stock dividends, affiliate income and selling access to my Pinterest profile, rental property and term deposit interest, shares, pie funds, getting my sister to pay me back, uh, investment property, uh, dividends, dividends, Heartland Bank must be a dividend, rent, dividends and interest, rental income, um, investments and term deposit stocks, trust income, crypto. Crypto blockchain validators like mining, don't know too much about that. Property, trading bot, paid out monthly average 4% a month. Dividends, Arbon, and dividends. So it's a very clear themes in there. But let's get into week number 172 because I've turned it, I don't pay all my bills. Ah, passive income. You either desire it or you believe this to be full of shit. We've all had dreams of sitting on a beach paying for cocktails from the interest earned on our lotto winnings. I know I have, surely you've, you've done that exercise. Or having four rental properties, collecting the rent and doing the same, but probably just on the Himitangi beach rather than a Hawaiian one. A reminder, passive income is income that requires little to no effort to earn and maintain. Examples of passive, pa- passive income include rental income, dividends and any business activities in which the earner does not materially participate. Well, wouldn't that be nice? I think as humans, we talk about this all the time, but we want the biggest possible return for the least amount of input, right? So this idea of having passive income is so exciting for people because they think, well, shit, I'd have some form of income. Well, most of us are never going to win the lotto, let's be honest, or get to four rental properties. I don't think there would be a high percentage of landlords who have four rental properties. I don't think uh, that that would be very high at all as much as you may think it to be uh, or the media drum it up to be. Most landlords own the owner-occupier, and then one rental property. Some people carry on down the path and scale it, but it is not as prevalent uh, as you would think for people to have heaps and heaps of houses. Now, as interest rates have increased, this has become a bit more understandable for a lot of people. At the moment, it's pretty easy to get a 5.5% risk-free pie term deposit. You'll lose 28% of the return to tax, of course, That means your net return after tax would be 3.96%. So basically, if you've got a term deposit in a pie fund, then that's going to be capped at 28% of tax. So that is, uh, if you're earning over $48,000 and above, it's going to be additional income for you. But that would normally, say it was just a normal term deposit, would be taxed at uh, 30% between $48,000 to $70,000 of income. Above $70,000, you'll be taxed at 33%. But in a pie fund, it's capped at 28%. 
So you can save either 2% or 5% interest uh, or even 11 if you're in the 39% tax bracket earning over $180,000. There's a whole lesson on that. It's called Why I Brought a Pie, I think, or Why I Brought a Pie Fund. You can learn more about the tax side of things. But basically, let's say 5.5% risk-free pie term deposit, 28% is taken for tax. You get 3.96% return on your money. Now, just on that, we're not even beating inflation there, are we? That's a bit ugly. But anyway, that may not quite excite everyone, but it could be the start of your passive income education and journey. Now, the reason we're talking about this is someone recently asked me, why do I find it more interesting to get debt and buy, like, buy shit via debt and then pay down the debt than I do for saving? And I actually really had to think about that answer. And I did a podcast with Mikey about it. So you will hear that coming up. But I do think that if you understand the force of passive income, you may get more excited by your saving and stacking money. So take one expense you have each month. Could you use passive income to pay for this? $5,000 invested for the entire year would see $198 for the year or $16.50 a month. I've kept the math very simple here. Now, a lot of people would think, well, fuck, 16 bucks a month, you know, that's not going to change too much. But realistically, there's a lot of Kiwis at the moment that are excited by GST or fruit and vegetables, for instance, and saying, well, you know, I might get $5 back in my pocket. So let's not dismiss it because it's the concept we're trying to understand. $16.50. What could that pay for you each month? What could that $16.50 cover so that you're not having to pay it anymore? Now, most of us grow up learning this. Don't waste your money paying someone else's mortgage, i.e. renting. A lot of people wouldn't have thought about the above as they'll be prioritizing paying off their mortgage. So most people won't be thinking about stacking money, getting a return to then cover some of the costs in their life because most people go on the path of save as much money as I can, get the house deposit, how much can I borrow, slowly pay that down and don't actually think too much about investing or trying to build investments to then subsidize their life. Now, very interesting on the don't waste your money paying someone else's mortgage, the whole why would I pay somebody else's mortgage. This isn't in money mail, but just think about this. Say, do you know what banks do with your money? They basically take your money and they lend it out to other people to make a margin on it. So let's say I have a half a million dollars, $500,000, and I give it to the bank and they say, right, well, we're going to give you 5.5% for doing that, Luke. Thank you so much. Uh, And then you come along and you say, well, I would like to borrow to buy a house. And they say, well, actually, you're going to have to pay us 6.5 or 6.9% for that. They're obviously in the middle, right, creating the market, getting their margin and using me and using you. So say I then get my interest return from the bank, which has really come from you in some ways, like just look at this from a simplistic level, because you've paid the bank more, and now the bank keeps their bit, and then they pay me my bit, I've got to pay some tax on that too, and then if I use that to pay my rent, well you're still paying someone else's rent, because you're now, and mortgage sorry, so you're subsidizing my rent, and then my rent is still going to a landlord somewhere, so Even when you buy a house and you think, well, why would I pay someone else's mortgage? Well, sorry, yeah, mortgage. You still are because eventually that money just ends up probably paying off 
uh, a, a landlord's mortgage if they have the debt. But it's just another example of one of these things that we hear when we're growing up and we think, yeah, 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 that makes heaps of sense. But then if you look at it from a different angle, you're like, oh, yeah, fuck, okay. That's weird. Hadn't thought about it like that before. The longer I have a mortgage, the uh, longer I will still be paying somebody else's mortgage because that money's still got to come from somewhere and they're probably generating a return on it. But anyway, that's just a fun way to look at one of those nuanced things that we get taught and think about it from a completely different angle. So if you don't have a mortgage and that's not your path, but also for you mortgage holders, one day you'll be mortgage free. So you want to understand this passive income type concept and compounding. You know, if it's not at the moment and you are stacking money and you're, you know, you don't, you're not prioritizing paying off your mortgage, try this exercise of working out one monthly expense and trying to get someone else to pay for it for you. Once you have the amount, reverse calculate what you'd need to save and put into a term deposit in order to have that term deposit drop you out some dollars each month to cover that cost. Now, personally, I think the best one to aim for is a gym membership because so many people sign up to the gym and then they cut it because they're not going. So they're like, oh, no, fuck that. Well, A, I just don't think that's good. B, it's great to go to the gym, have some community vibe, we're doing something physical, it's healthy, etc., etc. Not here to preach that to you. You do your own research on that. But imagine the bank paying for it for you and then you don't have a reason to cancel it. You're like, well, I don't really need to cut that because it's free now anyway because your favorite bank pay for pay for that. So can you save and invest enough so that your gym membership isn't a cost to you? It's a cost to the bank who's paying you the interest. I would argue that a gym membership is actually an investment into yourself anyway, but that's probably for another day. So if you weren't paying it anymore, the banker, how good would that be? How would that make you feel? But for you, it could just be something completely different. But whatever it is, the true purpose of this is to feel what it's like to not have to pay a bill because passive income is doing that for you. That's everybody's dream, right? Once you've done it once and felt it, perhaps it's the catalyst for you to keep stacking your savings and build up more funds to create even more streams of money. Recently, as I mentioned before, someone said to me that spending and repaying debt felt more fun and enjoyable than saving money. Well, perhaps looking at the flow-on effect of saving, i.e. passive income and compounding, will excite you even more and it'll get you off of the path of continued consumption, debt, repay debt, repeat how many years do you do that for before you break the cycle and go, now I want to stack money, now I want to learn about investing, now I want to have some drips of money coming back the other way, and it could be the thing that excites you to carry on down that path and decrease your consumption levels. Now, passive income is a real thing, and it is possible, but there are a lot of dreamers that think that it happens without hard work or putting actual steps in to achieve it. Income streams still require hard work and more importantly, groundwork, like saving the money to start with. Your relationship with passive income should be understanding what it is and how to achieve it, but not wanting easy. Nothing good comes of easy. Easy come, easy go, as you know. Whilst I don't own a home, my focus has been on investing in assets that will generate a return and therefore subsidize some of my life, like my rent and my lifestyle. Of course, for some people, this also won't be the chosen approach because you could argue that it would be wiser to compound the investment by reinvesting the monthly returns into the original investment, creating the compound effect. Now, what I mean by this is that basically I have term deposits set up that cover, say, my water bill is one of them. So I don't pay for the water in my apartment. ANZ do. Thank you, ANZ. 
because I lend them my money, they go and get a return on it, they pay me my return, and they pay that to me monthly, and basically that money then comes into my account, and then it goes out to pay the water. So the water doesn't cost me anything anymore. ANZ are paying for that. I can understand how some people are like, this is just fuck. That is not how your banking system works, mate. That is, you're, you're, you're explaining it in a fun way, but uh, basically you're still paying for your power. Yeah, well, maybe, but this is just how I look at some of these things. And I've gone, okay, well, I don't have a mortgage, so I don't need to reprioritize, reprioritize, well, prioritize paying down debt. Uh, I've, I've done those years as well. And so I, at the moment, when I invest, I'm looking at what return can I generate to help subsidize my cost to make my outgoings even cheaper. And the other way would be, well, look, that's silly because you should be getting the return on that term deposit with ANZ and reinvesting it monthly or whenever the term deposit rolls off so that it starts to compound over time. So you start with your base amount, let's say it's 10 grand, and then you get, let's just say, 20 bucks of interest a month you get that and then the 1000 becomes a 1000 and uh, 10000 becomes $10,020 and then that compounds not the original 10000 the uh, $10,020 and you keep compounding those returns and as einstein i think it was said compounding is the eighth wonder of the world so this is where it becomes very important to like really understand some of these concepts because when i get my money back from that term deposit and ANZ say, here you go, here's your money back. It's back in your transactional account. It's now worthless because inflation has eroded the value of that. Now that's why a lot of people would continue to compound over time because they would hope that the compounding return of or on their money will beat inflation over the long run. So if you have a million bucks, say, and you invest it into a term deposit and you live off of the interest, we say you won lotto, and you live off of the interest, at, after like 10 years, your money that you won, your 30 million, is going to be worth less after the 10 years has passed. And you've spent every cent of the interest that's come in, but you've still got your 30 million. That's great. But your $30 million wouldn't buy you as much shit as it did when you won Lotto because of inflation. Now, I'm sure you understand that by now, given the times that we're in. But if you do need to upskill or understand that, go and have a listen to the Please Understand Inflation Now podcast. So some people will be investing and compounding. Other people will be investing and getting the, the monthly drip of the money so that they can help subsidize their costs. And for all of us, we've got to make those decisions and figure out how to go about doing that. Now, recently, I told you about going through and having a look at what your income levels are uh, over the different years and what was really cool for me a couple of years ago was I was doing that exercise and I noticed that I'd had $6,000 in dividends and I hadn't even really thought about it because a lot of those dividends got reinvested back into uh, more shares. Now that $6,000 divided by 80k say which is roughly what I was getting paid before I quit my job seven and a half percent so in not too long I think it had been one two three four five like maybe six years or seven years I had gotten to a point where 7.5 percent of my original employment income was now dividend income coming through and when I saw that I thought holy shit 
you know, I, I didn't even really think about that. I just started investing slowly to try and get some of these dividends. And these numbers aren't you know, out of this world, but it just highlights that you may have these moments as you go down a different path around saving and investing in things, and then you find the thing that excites you. So you may stay on the path longer or be more dedicated to it, disciplined to it. And years and years ago, I would buy and sell shares all the time and be fucking, you know, so ill-disciplined with the money that I'd need to sell it to then access the cash. But going from 2022 to 2023, I had about the same amount in dividends come in and that just helps subsidize areas of my life uh, or reinvest into further shares and to have the compounding effect. But for a number of years, I think a lot of people haven't been able to understand this because interest rates have been low, so low, so a lot of people just haven't cared about term deposits and things. But now those types of investments are becoming more popular and it could be the catalyst to you understanding more about investing and earning interest so that you carry on on the correct path that is going to be better for you than just consumption and debt. Now, also for other people, uh, earning interest that gets taxed may not be an effective way to invest effectively at the moment uh, because you could be paying down debt that is costing you a higher rate than you could earn on an investment. So what I mean by that is if we go back to that example with somebody with a mortgage paying a 7% interest rate, then you could argue, well, what, like, why would you be investing money at 5.5% and then getting taxed at 28% to get a net return of 3.9%, 3.96, when you could be paying debt down and saving yourself 7% in interest over a long time period? You know, I know which of those two would be smarter, and that's why things like offset mortgages uh, exist as well for those people who do have access to spare cash. Now, of course, each to their own as always, and this is not financial advice, not me telling you what to do. I don't know your specific situation. I don't know your goals, and most people don't. So be very careful just taking advice around things to be doing because we're all looking for an itchy, we're all itchy for a way to, to get a, a quick win at the moment. But this does highlight the importance of a goal and knowing what you are doing with your money. Now before we go, I appreciate, like I said at the start, it's not an easy time to save for many Kiwis. This week, Consumer NZ said that 65% of New Zealanders save less than 5% of their income. That's gone up from 55% in 2022. I've been through those seasons, like I said, where saving and passive income were completely irrelevant and out of reach, but it still inspired me to learn about it. So I don't want you listening to this or any newer listeners and readers thinking, fuck, this guy's off his head talking about passive income in a time where people are struggling to save. You know, seasons pass. My present situation wasn't my future when I was in those seasons for me too, and I was determined to make that true, and I did. So you don't neglect your kicking practice just because you've not been asked to kick the winning goal yet, do you? No, you still got to do the reps. So don't dismiss this sort of information. It could be the stuff that inspires you for when you get into a time when you can start doing some things like investing and understanding passive income if you can't save a lot of money right now. But even, you know, just saving a little bit and going and setting up a term deposit just so that you can understand it. You know, it's it's a great thing to do because there's that saying, you know, how are you going to manage a million dollars if you can't even manage a thousand dollars? Go and learn these things. Often the zeros at the end that the principles don't change. If you start adding more zeros, the numbers look a lot bigger, 
but often the principles are very, very similar. So before we go, a reminder, 7 p.m. on Thursday, if you've forgotten how powerful you are, I want to show you and I want to see you at 7 p.m. on Thursday, 31st of August. If you're listening to this post that, well then uh, you can catch a replay somewhere, we'll get it up for you. Don't wait for the election to make another $25 a week when you've got a stack of money sitting in front of you and you just can't see it. I want to show you where it is. I'm hosting the 2 Ticks You webinar, How to Beat Any Political Party's Promises. And I will not waste your time, I can guarantee you of that. Have a passive weekend, you're one of over 8,300 recipients. There were 69,000 downloads of the podcast in July. We can get even more in August and September if you can chuck something on your story or share your favourite Keep the change piece of content or podcast, that would mean a lot to me. Did you know 237,000 Kiwis are in the top 1% of global wealth holders? You need to have, well, basically about $1.8 million in net worth. Two million of us Kiwis are in the top 10% around the world with $220,000 in net worth to get us there. That's from Credit Suisse, UBS. Won't talk about that too much because did an entire podcast exploring that as well. I hope you are looking after yourself. I will see you on Thursday at 7 p.m. I'm really looking forward to that. Be good and have a great week. See the smack DVD, huh? Russell Simmons wanna pray for me too. I'ma pray for him cause he got me too. Thinking what if that happened to me too? Then I'm on E news. Shit could get menacing, frightening, find help. Sometimes I scare myself, myself.